Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon and welcome to the Steve Jones Show. This is Greg Wetzel and Steve will be joining us soon here in the Sunbury Motors Studio. Let's look at some local sports action that took place last night and in the last week since I've been here last Wednesday. Last night in local sports action in the state semifinals, the Shiklamy Brave girls soccer team lost a hard-fought 3-1 decision to Abington Heights. Jillian Divers scored the only goal for the Braves and cut the deficit to 2-1, but the Comets added a third goal with about two minutes remaining to put the game out of reach. So the Shiklamy Braves girls had a very successful season went farther than any other girls soccer team in the history of the school. Congratulations to them. In state semifinal action in field hockey, the Lewisburg girls fell to Lackawanna Trail by a score of 5 to nothing. Lackawanna Trail jumped out to a quick 3-0 lead in the first quarter and never looked back. This was uh, Lewisburg's second trip to the state semifinals. Uh, a very successful program and season for the Green Dragons this year. 1984 was the last time they made it to the state semifinals. Also, this isn't really a local team, but the Central Columbia Blue Jays girls soccer team won last night and advanced to the state finals where they will have a chance to defend their title they won last year. The Central Columbia boys soccer team was defeated last night by a score of one to nothing, and their season is over. So both those teams have had highly successful seasons. And local high school football news... States and uh, district finals start this week for some area teams. In Class A, Muncie takes on South Williamsport in the district final. Now, these two teams played earlier this year, and South Williamsport was victorious by a score of 28-27 to in overtime as Muncie failed on a two-point conversion. So that should be a pretty interesting battle in Class A. In the finals of Class 2A, Southern Columbia takes on Troy. Now, Southern is ranked number four in the state, and Troy, Troy is ranked number five in the state. This whole game will be at Troy High School. Probably for the first times in years, a northern tier team thinks they have a legitimate shot at Southern Columbia. But it's playoff time, and you know what Southern Columbia usually does in playoff time? It takes their play to another level. In Class 3A action, district action, Danville will take on Loyal Sock at Danville High School. Now, these two teams played earlier this year, and Danville won, and I look for Danville to win this game also as their offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. In Class 4A, Seals Grove begins the state tournament as they take on Bethlehem Catholic on Friday night at Catasauqua High School. Good luck to the Seals Grove Seals in that game. 
in college basketball action last night. Bucknell lost to the Sal by a score of 69 to 57. Penn State defeated St. Francis by a score of 83 to 53. And on Monday evening, the Penn State women's basketball team defeated Kansas by a score of 91 to 85. Last year, that Kansas team won the women's NIT tournament and have four starters returning from that team. So that was a big win for the Penn State women's team. In wrestling news from Penn State, this past weekend they competed in the Journeyman Collegiate Classic down in the Lehigh Valley. They sent 20 wrestlers and won 75% of their matches, with more than half their wrestlers went 3-0. This week they'll be at the Army Black Knight Invitational. And right now, something interesting going on at Bucknell University. The Bucknell women's team is playing a game right now, and what they have done has invited a they have invited a lot of the local school districts to attend that game free. And uh, I, I uh, saw a uh, Facebook picture of what's going on in the game. That place is packed and the kids are all excited for the Bucknell women's basketball team. That's a pretty neat thing that they've done for the last several years. Elsewhere uh, in sports right now, Texas A&M is looking for a new re uh, football coach. Um, something that might surprise some people. Penn State Hire is looking to uh, replace their offensive coordinator. I'm sure Steve will talk more about that when he gets here. But uh, right now, it, in high school sports, it's like I said, we're down to the state playoffs right now and the district finals around the state of Pennsylvania. Wrestling practice and basketball practice will soon be starting for those those teams. Uh, but it's it's an uh, interesting time right now. And I think one of the interesting games taking place this week is going to be Troy and Southern Columbia. Troy football team is a, a nice team right now. They uh, very handily defeated Lime Mountain last week. They played Loyal Sock, beat Loyal Sock pretty bad this year also, and that was at Loyal Sock. Uh, Southern Columbia has played Loyal Sock. They have not played uh, uh, Lime Mountain, but their, their scores were pretty comparative between Loyal Sock and Troy and Southern Columbia. But... Uh, Southern is just a different animal this time of year. They they know what it's like to win in this tournament. You know, every play is important this time of year. It's high school sports. Momentum means a lot. And they have a lot of momentum coming out of that Mount Carmel match last week when they uh, reversed the tables on Mount Carmel, who beat them earlier in the, in the, pre, in the season. And Southern comes back and beats them. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, the score was 40 to nothing last week. So Southern Columbia is, has their act together right now, and they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the world of sports that we could talk about today. Uh, Bucknell basketball is 1 and 3. Penn State basketball is 3 and 0. Oh. The women are also 3 and 0. Oh. Uh, they, they, uh, Bucknell, I think, plays Duke this week. Now they're in a, it's like a Duke tournament, sort of tournament right now, where they play. They're guaranteed three games. One was away. One will be at their home, and they play at Duke. I think it's Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they'll jump up in competition. There is Duke last night beat defeated Michigan State by about nine points. Um, the other the other game last night I don't know who won that game between Kansas and 
Kentucky. Uh, I hate to tell you, I fell asleep during that one because uh, it was just on a little too late for me last night to stay up and watch that game. But I, I know Kentucky was winning by six, uh, the last score that I heard. I don't know what the final score was in that game. It'd be interesting to see what happens in um, with the Seals Grove team this week taking on Bethlehem Catholic now stepping out of District 4. Seals Grove is one of the better teams in our area. They have uh, one of the best running backs that I've seen in our area in a while. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Bethlehem Catholic this week in their, in their quest for a state state title. Um, Bethlehem Catholic does have a nice team. Uh, it's, it's a 4A game. It's, it's um, looking for good weather, too, on Friday night. From what I've heard, everything should be good weather for all those games, so hopefully... That will be that will be a good game. I know I'll be listening to that game on radio to see how the seals do do there. Penn State plays Rutgers this week in football. It will be Senior Day at State College, uh, so the seniors will be introduced prior to the game. Uh, I'll be there at that game on on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. Going back up to uh, Penn State to game. I wasn't there last weekend as I watched the Lewisburg girls field hockey. Uh, defeat Sesquanita to get to the semifinal game. They won in overtime in that game. It was fun to go. It's fun to go and out to these games and support your local local high school teams. I think more people should do that. These uh, these kids play hard, and to uh, watch them play is uh, really fun to see the improvement they've made from the time they're seven and eight-year-old girls playing indoor field hockey or seven and eight-year-old kids playing AYSO soccer and and to see them play now and compete now and even like watching the midget football teams, the way they competed as little eight, nine, ten-year-olds and, and now at the high school level, it's really fun to go out and see them compete and, and play. Hopefully uh, Steve will soon get here because I'm running out of things to talk about. Uh, see what else is going on. I, I uh, have a hard time thinking about what's going on right now and elsewhere in the world of sports. I know something's going on in the NBA last uh, right now. They have their in team or in season sort of tournament. Yeah, the in season tournament. Um, the 76ers fell to the Pacers yeah. uh, in the second game. That that was one of the strangest courts I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's interesting. I won't deny that I sort of like it, but I mean sometimes it's hard to see and watch them play with that sort of. Now look I of haven't court. seen any of the other courts. Are all other courts like that too? Uh yeah yeah they basically you know like the color rush jerseys in the NFL they just said hey let's make that with the court and I mean it's a decision for sure. Yeah, but they'll go back to their old old uh, floor soon. I assume. Yeah, it's just for the in season games that the that the court changes. What is that tournament about? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I I know a little bit of it because uh, my dad asked me about it like last week. Okay. So basically, what ends up happening is that um, each conference has five teams in like sectioned off into three pools. Okay. And then it's the first part of it is a round robin. You play everyone in your pool. I think the for the Sixers, it's the Pacers, the Cavs, the Pistons, and the Atlanta Hawks, I believe. Okay. Um, and you play one game, and then they will take the top 
team from each pool and then I believe it's one more wild card basically whoever mm-hmm. had the best record and then it goes to like a regular okay. tournament format and then uh you play it out and then whoever wins wins there's uh there's a trophy at the end and all games including the championship go towards your regular season uh win record. loss record okay yeah i'll be darned okay it's something new this year they haven't done that before right say that again that's something new they haven't done this before no this is the first time it's happening okay okay sounds good but like I said, last I was like the Sixers floor was primarily red with I think the free throw lanes blue and the center jump area blue, if I'm not mistaken. So, but again, that's that's just something a little different that the NBA is trying to do to spruce things up a little for them. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, you're listening to the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Back here in the Steve Jones Show. This is Greg Wetzel. As we're waiting for Steve to get uh, into the Sunbury Moto Studio. Uh, another another item though I'd like to discuss is Bucknell football. You know, they had a heck of a game this weekend. They lost 50 to 47 to Georgetown in overtime. In a game they were behind by quite a bit, and they came back and. One thing the Bucknell team's doing this year that they didn't do last year, they're scoring some points, and they, they've been competitive in most of their games this year in the Patriot League, so it's nice to see that they're starting to turn some things around also. Um, they have one game left this year that will be against Marist. I, I think they have one game. I'm, I'm not yep. sure. One game. One game yet. Yep. It's Marist this weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And that's an away game. Starts at noon, and that will be here on 100.9 the Valley. Um, again, Penn State plays Rutgers this week. It will be senior day. That will be a, a noon start. Uh, um, Bucknell will play... Duke and basketball Friday night, I believe that is, and I think that's a seven o'clock start, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that'll be a, a, like I said, a real step up in competition for the Bucknell Bison. Uh, they're playing hard under uh, first-year coach John Griffin, and they have that one win uh, last night. They lost to LaSalle, but uh, they they've also played a pretty tough. Uh, schedule to start this season out. Their one win was against Niagara on the road. Um, so they, they've done a pretty good job this year under their first year coach and uh, they are exciting to watch. They play hard and um, hopefully they, they get to turn some things around. It'll take a, take a while but I think he'll get some things done for them. Uh, what else is going on? Um, again, uh, Shiklimi Braves girls team Lost last night by a score of three one. I don't know if people watched that, but there's a girl from Abington Heights. I can't think of what her name is anymore. I know she was number three. She's only a sophomore. She scored her 64th goal of the season last night in that game against Shikalemi. And I know Jillian Diver has scored a lot of goals for Shikalemi. I think she was up around 45 goals in the year. 64 goals in a season. That is hard to believe. And like I said, she's only a sophomore. And man, watching her last night, she really, she really yeah. impressed me with her footwork and stuff that she did last night. A fun girl to watch. Very impressive. Hey, you're here. 
I know. I... Thank you. <laughs> Thank me for what? <laughs> <laughs> that you're here yeah. and I don't have to talk anymore. I saw that the uh, saw the ratings spiked. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Don't know what that means. Saving the day. Uh, Not yeah. today. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Well, uh, we have Frank Bodani today, right? What time is Frank on today? Two oh six. Two oh six. Great. Then tomorrow we'll have. All right, we will have a reduced roundtable tomorrow that will consist of one guy. That's right. But at this time of the year, that happens. Yeah. Hey, you guys at Lewis, Lewisburg gave it a good run. We did. We uh, They played better at the end of the year. They were fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. I, I think there's a lot of hope for the future. How I, about that? I think there is. If they can find a quarterback, I think they'll do pretty well next year. Oh, good. Get a transfer. Go to the portal. We're, go, we're looking for NIL money. Go to the portal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Now, if you want... We can get you some NIL money. This is where the suit comes in. That's right. All right. I'll talk to him when we're finished here today. Yeah, which means you're going to get a sixth grader. All right. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't think that's going to work. No, not for a few years. No. That's right. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Roots 11 and 15, almost warping online at sunburymotors.com. It's hiring. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. I feel like the only person I've been happy to hear is very much. Seems, seems joyful I showed up. I'm, I was very excited, I can tell you that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Yeah, I've been like that since you got that eagle on seven. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a distant memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. With Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai Best of New Inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Greg Wetzel here today. We have Frank uh, Bodani at 206 today. And then go from there. Let's see. What are the fun headlines today besides Draymond Green getting into another fight? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be honest with you, he has. He, I mean, he gets into more fights than than Ali did, and Ali's were scheduled. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think he schedules some of them too. My goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bears Lions. Uh, looks like Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback. Uh, Robert Sala, if Rogers says he wants to play, he'll play. Well, heck, why not? Yeah. It, it, he claims he's doing well. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I tore my Achilles tendon, Steve. 
he's walking a heck of a lot better than I did after two months. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. credit where the credit's due. Yep. And, they, and, and by the way, that is also a, one thing that when you tear your Achilles tendon, how many times a week did you have rehab? Uh, twice. All right. Yep. Guess, I'm going to guess um, that he's doing six to seven days a week. Oh, I, I would think. And I didn't start yeah. my rehab until about ten weeks after the surgery. He is probably in there every day. Yep. And uh, because he's been in there every day, I would guess that's one of the reasons why he is where he is right now. Oh, I, I would think so, yep. Positively, yeah, I mean, and that's that's something that has to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with these guys. Yep, uh, the ability to get in to um, uh, rehab, get into the training room, and then there's also recovery that's needed from doing the rehab. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that part. Okay, you rehab. Oh, he's rehabbing that, but then you have to recover from the rehab. Well, if you have all the facilities available, cold tubs, hot tubs, things like that, it can now increase your ability to get back faster because it's not just the rehab, but your ability to recover from the rehab. Yep. Positively. Yep. Yeah. Uh, college football playoff rankings. Uh, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Florida State 4. That's the weekly snapshot. The undefeated team that's on the outside looking at is Washington at 5. They're 10-0. and 0. Then Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, Louisville, Oregon State, Penn State. Oregon State plays Washington this week. Uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Texas-Alabama debate. It's almost like it's make-believe. They played. The that's game right. was in Tuscaloosa. Texas won the game by double digits. The argument's over. We move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played. That's right. And it, it, they didn't play in Austin. They played in Tuscaloosa, and they won by double digits. They went on on something crazy. They just played, beat them. Well, they d- dominated them pretty much. I mean, Alabama, yo, had your shot, didn't yep. win. Yep. Okay. Well, what if they? What if what? They lost the game. You cannot pretend games don't exist because it doesn't fit your narrative. I rate. I don't give a darn about what your narrative is. I, I, I'm sitting here going, okay, they played. Texas won. They're better. Next. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, but what about now? What about now? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Right? When they had their shot, they didn't win. That's right. Yep. I mean, you were given a shot. You didn't beat them. Well, simple as that. And sometimes it is that simple. No, it's why bother playing if the game doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Same with Washington, Oregon. Yeah, you know, now Washington's undefeated, but Oregon's behind them. But yeah. you know, if if Washington loses a game, I still put Washington ahead of Oregon. Right. So do I. But then yeah. Oregon, in all likelihood, is going to get a second chance because Pro- yeah. the Pac- right because they'll play in the in the Pac-12 championship Correct. game. And if Oregon wins, they should go. That's right. If it turns out they're one of the four teams. Right. Yep. Um, and so that's where that is. Um, let's see. $146 million are owed right now to fired power five coaches. Okay. $146 million. I have to admit that for those who don't want to work and get paid, 
Jimbo Fisher is your hero at $76 million. What, what are the, somebody, I read somewhere today that before lunch today, he's making $13,000. Yeah, before lunch. Bef- yeah, before lunch today. Not working, doing anything. Before lunch today, he yeah. made $13,000. I mean, and look, and he's, he's sitting there right now saying, you know what? I just made $13,000 this morning. Yeah. Let's have the caviar. That's right. All right. <laughs> Why not? Let's, let's throw caution to the wind. So here are the people that are owed money right now. Brian Harson was fired last year. He's getting $15.5 million this year. Scott Frost was fired last year. He's getting $15 million. Jeff Collins, fired from Georgia Tech, $11.4 million. Paul Christ, Wisconsin, $11 million. Carl Durrell, Colorado, $8.7 million. Herm Edwards, Arizona State, $4.4 million. Zach, Dar- Zar- uh, Zach Arnett, fired on Monday at Mississippi State, he gets $4 million. Okay. Um... Now, Ross Bjork, who's the athletic director at Texas A&M, had a news conference Sunday. He said, look, everybody has to learn a lesson from Fisher's contract. He said the finances involved in his firing are, quote, monumental. He said, we will use unrestricted contributions within the 12th Man Foundation for the first one-time payment, and the athletic department will fund the annual payments for the remaining portion of by growing our revenues and adjusting our annual operating budget accordingly. Although this is a major financial decision that comes with many consequences, we have a plan. And we will not let this impact the performance or the culture, I love that, culture of our entire athletics program. Okay, so let's turn the clock back on this show. When there was talk that they were going to give Jimbo a contract extension. And they're going to take him for, what, $7 million a year up to $9.5 mm-hmm. And the exact words I used were, excuse me, who are you bidding against? Who wants him? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Who, I mean, and I meant it. Who wants him? Who are you bidding against? I'd, be, I'd look at him and go, hey, you know, you got your 10. You're good. Right, you do something. I mean, there's nobody knocking down the door to get Jimbo Fisher. Nobody. I would coach for less than that, Steve. You say now. <laughs> I, they could uh, give me a 10-year contract for $25 million, I'd take it. You say now. Then they, then they could fire me, and I'll collect. Now, the $146 million calculation does not include contract money potentially owed to Michigan State coach, Mel, former Michigan State oh, coach, Mel, right, Tucker. Mel Tucker. He was fired for cause. And Northwestern's former coach, Pat Fitzgerald, who was fired following an investigation into hazing allegations. Fitzgerald is suing Northwestern for wrongful termination. Tucker is said to be filing a similar lawsuit against Michigan State. Okay. So this is where we are. And, again, $76 million. Yeah. Yikes. All right now here now here's one of my favorites. A state judge in Washington, and this is Washington State, by the way. For the suit, that's the one way out west. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Greg, you have uh, with 
inside the confines of the building. You have to clarify everything. <laughs> I understand that. Okay. This is the one that's right near Canada. I'm drawing okay. a map for him real quickly here. Uh-oh. Putting it in there. It, this, could, it could, this could take you a month. <laughs> um, has ruled, and this is really one of the incredible rulings. It's a local judge. Right? It's a local judge. Makes a ruling that Oregon State and Washington State now control the Pac-12. So this judge, Judge Gary Libby, and his chambers are 15 miles away from Pullman, which is where Washington State is. Right? Has issued a preliminary injunction. The decision comes roughly two months after Libby granted a temporary restraining order at the request of Oregon State and Washington State that prevented Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov from calling any Pac-12 board meetings. I grew up where conduct spoke louder than words. That's how my parents treated me, and that's how I treated my children when they were growing up, Libby said before issuing a decision. With that in mind, this court finds in favor of the plaintiffs. And they're likely to prevail on their interpretation of the bylaws. So, what does this all mean? Well, over the two and a half hours, all three parties argued for different outcomes. Oregon State, Washington State argued, as they have done for weeks in written briefs, that the conference bylaws were clear that when schools announced they were joining other conferences, they immediately surrendered their seat on the conference board. That, they argued, was how it worked when UCLA and USC announced they were joining the Big Ten, and again when Colorado announced they were leaving for the Big 12. It was not until the other seven announced that they were also leaving that Oregon State and Washington State argued that those schools' interpretation of the bylaws changed and claimed that all 12 deserved a seat on the board. (laughs) There is a quote, uh, lawyer Eric McMichael for Oregon State, Washington State, said, quote, there isn't a single document that's been produced that shows that the University of Washington thought that they that this was the correct position until it provided its notice of withdrawal, and now the shoe was on the other foot. But parties are not allowed to blatantly flip-flop on the meeting of the meeting of contractual provisions just so they can have their cake and eat it, too. By the way, Washington and Oregon, even at a reduced number, so they're going to get between 30 and $35 million, which is going to be way more than what Washington State and, and Oregon State are going to get. Yep. They're, going to, they're going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. now what, but here's what it means, based on what I understand. That means that when the bowl money comes in, it's theirs. That's right. When it comes time for the six-year distribution, right, of <laughs> funds from the NCAA men's basketball tournament, it's theirs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unclear wow. if the departing schools would attempt to act on that on a mechanism. Um, it's simply the fact that the members could decide to dissolve that they wanted argued Dan Levin for Washington. Of course, in all this time during these proceedings and before, no member has called for such a vote. Well, based on this, they can't call for it now. They're not at the table. That's right. Uh, There'd just be two of them. 
Is he standing outside the door? We'd like to suggest. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, wow. We, re- we remain committed to the best interests of our student-athletes, athletic departments, and university communities, and will persist in our efforts to secure a fair resolution. I always love these pre- prepared statements. Meanwhile, Washington State President Kirk Schultz and Athletic Director Pat Chun shockingly lauded the court's common sense decision. (laughs) It has always been our view that the future of the Pac-12, down to two, should be determined by the remaining members, too, not by those schools that are leaving the conference. This position is consistent with the action the Pac-12 Board of Directors took when the first two schools announced their departure from the conference more than a year ago. We have always been committed to protecting the best interests of the conference, our student-athletes, coaches, and fans. Today's news allows Washington State University and Oregon State University to start that process of as the controlling members of the Pac-12 Conference Board. (laughs) Oregon State. Jalathi Murthy, who's their president, and Scott Barnes, who's their athletic director, offered a similar sentiment. I know you're shocked. We are pleased with the court's decision today that Oregon State and Washington State constitute the only remaining members of the Pac-12 Conference Board. We look forward to charting a path forward for the Pac-12 that is in the best interest of the conference and student-athletes. Our intentions are to make reasonable business decisions going forward while continuing to seek a collaboration and consultation with departing universities. I have no idea what that means. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know what I think that means? I don't know what it means because there's only two of them, right? What are you going to do, play each other every week? No. (laughs) I mean, really. A a question for you, Steve. Yeah. Since they say UCLA, Southern Cal, Washington, Oregon, no longer part of the Pac-12. Right. When Ohio State comes to Penn State, or let's just say Michigan comes to Penn State this weekend and play football, does Michigan get part of that gate? Okay, yeah, this is how it works. It is a revenue-sharing number, all right? Mm -hmm. It used to be the old rule of the Big Ten going back 30 years ago was it was half. Half the gate for you, half the gate for the opposing team you're playing when it's a conference game. Okay. Michigan was always adamant about that rule being bad because they felt that every time they went to Northwestern, they weren't getting the number they should get because Northwestern doesn't draw as as much. Right. Okay? So, uh, they came up with this formula where I think, think, and I'll have to ask Pat Kraft this, the top out number is a million. Okay. And and it's a sliding scale back to, I think, 400,000 as to what the number is based on the percentage of attendance to capacity. So Penn State, in other words, Penn State played, what, um, four home games this year? Right. Well, Penn State's going to be doling out $4 million. Correct. Right. So Penn State loses on revenue sharing. A school school that will gain from revenue sharing is Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Coming into the conference, a school that will gain from revenue sharing will be UCLA. Okay. Okay. They'll gain because of what their attendance is at the Rose Bowl. Uh, So that's – and then in basketball, same thing. It's a sliding scale for a conference game. 
you and these and to be honest with you, compared to football, it's pennies. Right. It's like seventy two thousand dollars sliding down to twenty seven thousand dollars. Okay. Based on percentage of gate. So what so what I'm thinking is if this is what Oregon State and Washington State stance is in the Pac twelve, does Southern Cal, Oregon have to revenue share with them? With who? With Washington State and Oregon State, since no. they are no longer members. No, because what happens is their grant of rights runs out automatically on August second, which means they're completely the ties are completely cut. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying this year. Oh, this year they're they're part of the Pac-12, so they're still sharing money. Yeah. But Oregon State says and Washington says says they are not part of the Pac-12 because they've already. They are saying that that the bylaws state that once you're out, you're no longer a part of the board meeting. Right. So in other words, you're okay. okay you you are not in a. So if Oregon State and Washington State vote two to nothing on something to say they they won't get any NCAA tournament money and it only goes to them. Yeah. That rules because they don't have a vote anymore. Okay, I got you. Okay. That's what it means. So it doesn't affect anything this year, so to speak, in the right. Pac-12. Okay, got That's you. Right. That's right. And okay. right now, what those two schools are trying to do is they're trying to put together, a right now, a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West. Okay. That's what they're trying to do. They are trying to get a scheduling alliance with the Mountain West and may, and may just leave it at that as the two for now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be quite the championship game. Then, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, never, okay, never changes. No. No. Frank, Frank Bodani, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.